Welcome to the Eat This, Not That podcast brought to you by Bob's Red Mill. Bob's Red Mill makes it possible to eat healthy and cook delicious food. And this is really important for me, not just because I care about what I put in my body, but I also care about the foods that I'm feeding my friends, my family, and anyone who might be coming over to the Hammond household for dinner. And that's why Bob's Red Mill has a very prominent place in my pantry. Every product is of the highest quality and is minimally processed from their stone mill in Oregon to your table. For me, it's really important to feel good about the food I'm putting into my body so I can feel great afterwards. It doesn't matter if you're catering to a paleo, gluten-free, or vegan diet. With Bob's Red Mill, you're not just getting quality, you're getting flavor-packed, healthy food that actually tastes amazing. So what are you waiting for? Visit bobsredmill.com today. All right, I'm John Hammond, and with me again, as always, is Megan Murphy. Hi there. And Megan, this is a, this is a you know... Not the most fun episode because we're going to talk about foodborne illness. We probably won't make you right? hungry with no. this one. But but we will make you safe. I promise. Yes. At the end of the episode, you will you know because we were just talking about it, there's you know some of these some of these tips that we're going to go over. You know we weren't we weren't aware we mm-hmm. hadn't thought of and you know with so many recalls happening today, so many I feel like every week there's a new food recall. You know this is this is really important because it's not just the food that you're eating out, but it's it's the food that you're preparing at home too. Yeah. According to the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, each year, did you know 48 million people suffer oh, from foodborne illness? That's a stunning it's, number. It's outrageous. And they're caused by bacteria such as E. coli, salmonella, listeria. I'm sure you've heard of most of these. And these pathogens can cause more than just an upset stomach. A lot of them cause serious infections. They can lead to hospitalization, especially among pregnant women, postpartum women, older adults, uh, or anyone with really a compromised immune system. So what we're going to get into. It's definitely yeah. take a listen because we do not want you guys to become a statistic. And it's, it's more than just paying attention to like the latest recalls, right? Yeah. Like they're like re- most recently that, you know, we've seen romaine lettuce, uh, you've seen eggs, we've seen salads at yeah, places, Chipotle, right? Chipotle, honey snacks, right? like McDonald's, major like, brands. No one's, no one's yeah. immune to it. Like this is, this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like part, it's part of it. It's the way the foods are prepared and delivered and shelf life and all those things. But, and that's why it's important to know the basics of how to sidestep these pesky bacteria at home and when you're eating out. So let's get started. The first one, and, and this is this is really critical. <clears throat> you know, we talked about thermometers uh, on, on the burger episode, mm-hmm. right? And my lack of using a yeah. thermometer. Now I do. I cook burgers uh, recently and, and actually used the, the meat thermometer and it made a huge difference, by there the way. Go. But the first tip is to stay away from the, quote, danger zone. The first rule of safe food handling is know the temperature of this danger zone. Put simply, keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold. The bacteria we're concerned about can easily grow between 40 degrees Fahrenheit and 140 degrees. So if you have foods that have been sitting out for two hours, let's say, like you cooked a, you, you had a cookout, you had yeah, people over like for dinner, picnics, definitely. right? Like mm-hmm. I just had a barbecue for friends. Like if it's been sitting out for two hours, whether it was a cold dish or a hot dish, like go, chuck it. Don't chuck try it. and like saran wrap it and put it in the, in the, in the freezer, or even think that'll kill it off or put it in the fridge and like, oh, it was only out for a couple hours. No, go two hours, like kick it. Any, anytime something gets between that 40 to, to 140, like that's the breeding grounds for this kind of bacteria. So just avoid it altogether. The second one is be a neat freak. You know, when it comes to cooking, it's okay to be a little OCD at times. Wash your hands more than you even think and mm-hmm. clean cooking surfaces frequently to avoid cross-contamination, especially 
after you're touching high-risk foods like raw meat, poultry, and eggs. I mean, that's kind yeah. of a given. And that goes for, and this is a surprise to me, for handling pet food and pet treats, like pig ears, mm-hmm. too. Like, I give Cooper, my, my dog, treats, and I never really think about Washing what can be. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, I wash my hands constantly when I play with him, but never with the treats. Right. So that's something that I learned. Yeah, this is, I, I am actually a little obsessive about this. Like, if yeah. I crack an egg, like, I wash my oh, hands yeah. immediately yeah. before touching anything else because I'm so I'm so worried, yeah. worried about it. Same thing with raw meat. Like, I make the burger burger patties i take my ring off like I, mm-hmm. I do all that stuff and then i scrub my hands like 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 i'm going on dry gra- like i'm going <laughs> on gray's anatomy this week yeah. right like i'm scrubbing like a surgeon yeah um but it, but again like it's really important dreamy over here yeah hardly mcdermy <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're trying to avoid exactly so again you know we, we mentioned it at the time we've talked about before use a thermometer you know you should cook meat poultry and seafood to specific temperatures to kill troublesome bacteria but how can you be sure it's hot enough Use the thermometer, for crying out loud. Barbara Kowalczyk, who's an assistant professor of food science and technology at Ohio State University, actually told our team uh, that she prefers a digital tip-sensitive thermometer, not one of the old-school mm-hmm. dial ones. And, and the reason why is that you don't have to calibrate it, right? It'll just give yeah, you a more, a, more yeah. accurate reading. So it's like, I'm wearing a digital watch right now. Like, I don't have to, like, think about it. Like, I just look down. It's like, okay, that's, that's what that's time it time. is. Same thing. Like, put it, put it in your meat. Know, know what you, and, and if you're cooking ground meat to 160 degrees and poultry, including chicken and turkey to 165, you're in good shape. For pork and ham, you know, 145 is, is probably good enough. Again, it's, it, it takes seconds to just grab a digital thermometer, stick it in there, give it a second to, to get a good reading, and, and then you know. Yeah, no question. Right. Another tip is segregate your fridge. So this is yeah. something that I'm kind of guilty of not doing as well. I didn't realize how much cross-contamination can actually happen in your fridge. You always think cutting board, place, utensils. Right? Yeah, you think it's a safe it's zone. The cool, it's the cool, it's, you know, I would think that the fridge is one of those places because of the cooler temperature mm-hmm. that it's, Things it's aren't okay. Really... And I'm, I'm same with you. I'm guilty here. Yeah. So raw meat, poultry, and seafood should be stored at the bottom shelf of your refrigerator, ideally in a container to protect it from other things on the shelf, like shelf drips, you know, like you don't mm-hmm. want that raw chicken juice uh, dripping down and then any of your fresh ready to eat foods such as fruits and vegetables should be stored in either produce drawers or the shelves above raw meats to prevent that cross-contamination it makes sense when you think yeah. about it but it's just definitely not something that i ever thought about before yeah i i, I do this at the uh, grocery store too by the way like mm-hmm. they always because they always ask like do you want your meat bag separately yes I and i always yes. i always say yes because i wouldn't think about it otherwise but mm-hmm. thankfully they they ask um but again and like fish too, same thing like well. you would bag your meat separately at the grocery store, like when you're checking out, but when you get home, like you take that meat and you're just going to put it right on top of like your vegetables or something like so Yeah, you, exactly. Like, a little common sense here, right? And something, again, it escaped me completely and I'm going to rethink how, how I stock the fridge now. Um, so this is another one that, again, like kind of goes, it's counterintuitive for the most part, especially because like growing up, like this is just something that I saw, I saw my mom do when she was cooking dinner. So I did it. Don't rinse your meat. Mm-hmm. Like just don't, it might seem like a good idea. Rinsing your meat or poultry before cooking is a no go for one red meat doesn't need to be rinsed at all. So no, that's there's, like no, there's no point. Um, and if you do rinse poultry, any contamination that was potentially on that bird is now in your sink. So you need to clean and sanitize the sink top to bottom and any surface that it, like anything around that touched. So yeah, don't, the don't sink is it. like a gross yeah, place. It's already gross. I think it's like the with. worst like, place, worse than a toilet. Spread some salmonella in there. Yeah. It's, Five second do rule that. does not apply when anything no. falls in your sink. So, so do <laughs> not worst. do not rinse your meat. Stop doing that if you're doing it. Another one is wash all of your produce. This is another one that I was shocked about. Obviously, you want to wash any fruits and vegetables when you're eating the skin of them. You know, mm-hmm. apples, things like that. But what I didn't realize is that 
foods like melons or avocado, mm -hmm. when you're not eating the skin, you should still wash those as well because the food, the pathogens can seep into the fruit, mm -hmm. the meat of the fruit, or even when you're cutting into them with a knife, it can get in that way. So right. that it's was, on the knife and then the knife goes, goes through into, the yeah. melon. And, and if there was bacteria on the, on the outside where you're, again, you're not eating that skin, yeah. but if the knife is going through that skin, picking up some bacteria and then slicing all the way through your melon, guess what? It's right. on, it's on your melon. Get sick. I know. So it's like a, an extra step you might not think of, but better safe than sorry when it comes to something like this. And it doesn't, and it doesn't have, like, we're not talking about like full, full, like, like chemical bath here. Yeah. Just get, like, I have a, um, a, a brush that I use to scrub like potatoes. Mm -hmm. Of course. Yeah. Just uh, some, a simple a brush like scrub. that, cold water running in the sink, put it on there and just give it a, just give it a quick scrub. Like it doesn't have to be, you don't have to work up a sweat here, but this one simple step can, can possibly save you some, some nasty stuff. Yeah. And then when you're going to dry the fruit. Um, because bacteria hides in water, just be sure to dry it with a paper towel. Paper towel, yeah. right. Um, here's one that, that, again, I like the last one, guilty as charged. Go for single heads of lettuce over the bagged greens. And this is this is a big one because mm -hmm. to me, the bagged greens are just, they're so... They're, so easy. Right, and it says like triple wash yeah, yeah, on there. Yeah. I'm like, you're like, I'm all set. It's washed three times. Like totally. this is totally, this is good to go. And and like, we look, we get it. Like bagged salad greens are super convenient, but they're also linked to the large outbreaks of foodborne illnesses. Like mm -hmm. when you see like salads recalled at restaurants and all that, it's because of, it's because of bagged lettuces. And... They put the greens in a huge vat of water, and one head of lettuce in that water, contaminated, spreads th through the whole the system, whole and that's vat. that's why we end up with these big uh, food recalls. So, you know, if you do buy bagged greens, don't rinse them before eating, okay? Because it's just like um, rinsing your chicken, mm -hmm. right? You, you're just spreading, spreading that it. everywhere. And look look for broken leaves, which is an entry point for bacteria. So if you do wash your greens, you're going to spread that bacteria anywhere you're, you're washing them and then placing them. So don't do that. And pick out like broken or browned uh, the leaves and just get rid of those. Just get them out of there. Yeah. To or, or by the whole head, right? And again, I do it because I'm lazy, but it's like, let's be honest, like it doesn't really take a lot of work. It's not that much to work. Break to up, lettuce, break up yeah. a head of lettuce, let's say. <laughs> exactly. So why not? Yeah. And to your point, another tip is to toss bruised or broken produce. Um, like we said, like bacteria can sneak into fruits and veggies through cuts and tears. And I'm definitely guilty of just cutting out the bruise and, and using the rest of the fruit. I don't want to waste it. But just because you're cutting out the visual bruise part doesn't mean bacteria hasn't seeped in and gotten into the fruit that you're going to eat. So that's definitely a tip. Same goes with lettuce right. leaves that you just mentioned. And like you, you, you kind of nailed it at the, you know, at the start of that with like, you know, food waste. And like mm -hmm. we, we, we've talked about this before yeah. in other episodes and like there's so much food waste and like how can you kind of prevent like 50% of, of produce gets thrown away and here's here's another thing where it's like you know you look at a little bruise on a tomato and, and, and I'd be like well, it's fine whatever yeah. it's a little, a little bruise right um, cut around it maybe but it doesn't matter like if, if that's an entry point for bacteria is it is it worth the like is it worth the risk for a tomato yeah. right if I've got four tomatoes and three are good and one's bruised like chuck the bruised one eat the other three and, and go buy some more tomatoes totally. I guess right um, you know you know you lost a quarter of it and a half so you're still cutting down on food waste theoretically theoretically um here's another one we talked about that that danger zone of temperature and how important a role temperature plays cool your leftovers before storing you meal prep like a boss on the weekend you know you cook everything up 
and you you know you really shouldn't refrigerate or freeze that food when you when you prep it if you make a one pot meal for example and it's 180 degrees you don't want to put that directly into the fridge or freezer because it unnecessarily raises the temperature mm-hmm. you know you do something hot into something cold like it's going to impact things around it so remember the danger zone is 40 to 140 degrees as long as it's above 140 degrees it's not going to support the growth of microbes let your food release some of the steam but once the temperature dips below um, 140 that's when you can kind of get it in the fridge and the last one we're going to go over today is to beware of sponges and dishcloths that you're using obviously everybody uses sponges and dishcloths to wash your dishes and clean your kitchen but they can be breeding grounds Mm -hmm. for for microbes they're they're gross i actually like toss my sponge very frequently i guess there there are a lot of sponges yeah if you're using dish rags you know, make sure you clean them every so often in a diluted bleach solution. And then, like you mentioned before, the quick dry scrub brushes are better than the regular right. sponges. And and this is this is another one that's like you know, this one underscores like and all of them before. Simple. Yeah. Right. There's 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 no we're not talking rocket science here. There's nothing that should really disrupt uh, how you go about your kitchen prep or your food prep. Uh, significantly. There's no major wrinkles here. These are all little things that can have a really big impact, um, especially if it prevents you or, or your family, you know, getting something if like I'm salmonella sick, or yeah. E. coli, which nobody really wants to, to bring home. And, you know, I'd, I'd have to look this up. I don't know, but I've also, like, I know people that take their sponges and put them in the dishwasher or the microwave to try. And I've, so it's like there's... Hmm, microwave? I've never heard of Like that. the high heat to, to zap any bacteria. Huh. But, I'll, but I've also seen that that's, that really doesn't... The sponge is like 30 cents. Like right, that's what I mean. Like, just, like, the, like the bruised tomato you know, like yeah. just just get a just get a new yeah. sponge and, and and rotate them you know pretty pretty regularly um but and it's like also keep in mind like because i've seen people do this too it's like let's say I've, I've got my cutting board out and i put my uh my raw meat on the cutting board and i you know brush it with some olive oil and i season it and then you know i get it on a plate that's going to go to the grill or something like that and i take my cutting board and i take my little sponge and i wash my cutting board and i put it in the dry rack and then i take that same sponge and i wash something else and it's like well no yeah like that's think about it you know, I just, the sponge is not immune yeah. from any bacteria <laughs> yeah, yeah. that might have been on the cutting board right. that it just helped kind of clean. So again, like just, just be very conscious and aware, like again, like washing your hands after you handle meat or eggs or mm-hmm. something like that. Like think about where your sponge is, has been and where it's going next. Um, and again, just, just buy a couple sponges. Buy a couple it's sponges. worth it. It's worth it. So hopefully with these tips, the next time you call out from work, it'll be to run some errands and not really to run to the to the bathroom, <laughs> oh. I hope. Uh, for even more great tips on the best foods to eat, no matter the situation, be sure to visit our website, eatthis.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Eat This, Not That. And now you can even subscribe to our new Eat This, Not That magazine. Just go to the subscribe button on our homepage to find out more. More importantly, let us know what food choices are on your mind. We'll tackle them here for you so you can be confident that you are making the right choice every time. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again for a steady stream of fun, informative, and mind-blowing food knowledge from me, John Hammond, Megan Murphy, and a bunch of experts and guests that will help you eat this, not that. 